Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I D E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Utterly Home Office, working with you on Oilers Now along with Brendan Escott. And uh, all season long, we have the Oilers Now Injury Report, which is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown want to wish you uh, the best of luck dealing with these challenging times with COVID-19 and the pandemic. All right. uh, Our next guest played uh, about five or six seasons for the New York Islanders in the NHL, uh, coached for a number of years in the National Hockey League. He's uh, finished up his second season as head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, and he's had quite the record each of the last uh, two years. His team uh, last season uh going three rounds of the playoffs, unfortunately not getting an opportunity this year to... Uh, to go further due to the fact that the WHL uh, was canceled. The, the Edmonton Oil Kings had a total of four games left in the regular season. They were 42, 12, and 6, uh, and 4. We welcome back to the show Brad Lauer. Brad, how are you doing? Thank you. Uh, how, uh, I think we got you there. Hey there, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you good. We got you good now, Brad. Okay, good. How uh, obviously a frustrating conclusion to the season. Uh, I know you're you're up for a coach of the year. You would have loved, obviously, for your kids to have a chance to maybe uh, yeah. see this uh, scenario played out. Is that fair to say? No, oh, for sure. I mean, obviously, you talked to, you touched on uh, our first year and and being able to take the, a good part of these guys to the third round and uh, just the experience we got as a group uh, two years ago from doing that to. To having the type of year that we were having, um, you know, and and, and just uh, to know we've been through a lot of the experience that the playoffs count on you just to, to see us go and uh, to feel that you have a team that can go do something and 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 get somewhere. But um, it's frustrating. You know, the guys worked awfully hard for us this year, and uh, the biggest thing is the the, the twenty year olds. You lose the twenty year olds this year, and um, you know you kind of feel for them. Those are the type of guys. Those are the guys that've been on the bus for five years and riding all through the country and uh, late nights putting the time in and you'd like to see them get the reward that they worked for but 
Um, obviously, it's understanding why, why we had to shut things down and uh, get things back to normal, hopefully quicker than so, uh, uh, sooner than later. Well, you mentioned Riley Sawchuk, who was a second-team conference all-star, 76 points this year in 64 games. Uh, McAdoo came in uh, and had a, a, a solid sort of support season for you. And then you made a deal to get yourself a goaltender as well at the deadline yeah. to help push uh well and push and also support sebastian cosa who's going to yeah. be next year going the first three rounds brad back warm so you got to feel it, like just it's it's got to be heartbreaking for those kids it, it is i mean they're they're disappointed they're they're um you know obviously um they came into our organization from other organizations and um all three of them are, are good character people you know they're great great people off the ice and you know what they did for our organization um that we ask all our 20 year olds to do when they come here if they're from a different organization is to buy in and 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 have you know not just to finish your 20 year old year but to go out and have a to do it the right way and all three of those guys are great examples of of uh of guys that you know wanted to get more to their 20 year old year and you know they were a big part of our success this year you know, it is like I said. It, it they, you know they put the time and they've been on the bus for five years and and putting the time and you just you hate to see it go this way for them. But um, obviously, it's it's not in our control. Do you take any solace in the fact that you've got nine of your top eleven scores back next year? And a number one goalie who's supposed to be a top 90 pick. Uh, you know, Dylan Gunther is going to be a top 10 pick next year. He had a tremendous second half to the season. I mean, yeah. you guys probably on paper right now, Brad, are the favorite to win the Western Hockey League championship next season. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, I think obviously having these guys now, and, and uh, like, like you said, it's, you're, you're right, We're, we are returning most of our guys. We lose our three 20-year-olds, which is obviously... Everyone's saying we're returning our five ninety. We have five nineteen-year-olds coming back. Uh, obviously, we can only keep three of them right now. So, um, the majority of our, our team is is returning. Um, you know, it's great. The future is is, is bright for our organization. Uh, we have some good key kids coming in back into our organization that were playing had good years in midget hockey. Um, the depth is gonna is there. It's just uh, you know it's gonna be one of those challenges again uh, to go back out and prove teams that uh, you belong where you, where you earned it and uh, you know that'll be our, our mind uh, when camp comes in that we have to to live up to Jake neighbors is drafted um, the outside looking in as a top 25 or overall pick a good second half and finished with 70 points in 64 games this year yeah well, what's, I mean, how would you describe him as a player? Is this a guy, if somebody gets him in the second round, is this a guy that's, they're, they're going to get a guy that's uh, better than people think? I, I, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I, 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 I had him for, I've had him for two years now. And, you know, when I, I mean, I look at the list too. I, you know, as coaches, we go see who's, where people are rated and, and where they're at. And, you know, I, I honestly think Jake's, uh, should be higher than that. But, um, you know, credit to him. Um, you know, he's he's that type of player. I don't think there's, uh, you know, uh, I shouldn't say there's a lot of coaches. A lot of coaches like his style, uh, the way he plays, where he's able to keep capable of playing that that heavy game, uh, that wall game. Uh, but he also has the ability to play with some skilled players um, with his speed, with his uh, um, his hockey sense, his awareness, uh, being able to make plays at high at, at high tempo. 
So he kind of brings uh, he brings a lot. Um, whoever's going to get him, I think he's you know it's one of those players. I keep talking about the type of player that I see him being. Is, you know the guy Andrew Lee from from the Islanders. Uh, the type of game that he plays, I see kind of seeing some similarities in him. And uh, you know, I think as Jake grows um, and gets mature into his game, it's going to be uh, he's going to be a dominant player in our league. We're joined by Brad Lauer, head coach, Edmonton Oil Kings, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Brad, Dylan Gunther was the number one pick in the 2018 WHL Bantam Draft. Uh, you guys mm-hmm. played it slow with him and then accelerated his minutes as he took on greater responsibility. He finished with 26 goals and 59 points in 58 games. My theory is the hardest thing in the NHL to do is to score goals. This guy can shoot the pill. Pretty special player, isn't he? He, he is, Bob. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he, you know, he showed us that shot when we brought him up two years ago, um, towards the end of the year, we brought him up. He showed us that shot a couple times. We're scoring some, some goals in our league as a 15 year old with, uh, you know, over the goalie's shoulder and not just any average goalie, you know, a veteran goalie. And then, uh, like you said last year when he came into us, uh, coming out of training camp and, you know, we didn't want to rush things too quick with him. We wanted to make sure, well, one, he understands that we get to know the league, uh, the travel schedule a bit more, uh, just to get comfortable. But uh, he, he accepts, he, you know, he had a little tough time. He thought he should be getting a lot more shots in the game. And, uh, you know, we were patient with him. He, he took his time and he put the work in. And, you know, as, as it went along, his he really matured, um, one, as an individual, as a player, uh, understanding the league. And he really, he really took off. And, uh the more we gave him, the more he wanted, and uh, the more success he had. And it was—he's—you uh, don't—he's a special individual. He's got a lot, a lot of skill, and he's just a good person. And he's got a lot bright future ahead of him. You got Matthew Robertson, who, uh, like Sawchuk, was a second-team conference all-star, and it didn't start out well for him once he came back down from the Rangers this year. Uh, Matthew was a second-round pick in last year's draft. But he finished with 13 goals and 47 points in 60 games. And he was a minus for probably the first 25 games or so. Worked his way up at a plus. Logged some huge minutes. And the reality is he's probably coming back to you uh, next season. I mean, this guy is an absolute horse at your level, isn't he? He is. He's, 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 a, he's, a, big, he's a big minute muncher. He, he definitely plays those heavy, those big minutes, uh, all situations. Um, you know when he came, when he talked about when he did come back from camp, he he struggled a little bit, and that's not that's not uncommon for kids coming back from pro camps and and stuff like that. Sometimes it takes a little time to adjust back to to the junior level. But um, you know, I really thought since uh, you know mid November, he really he's that type of guy that he, the skating ability that he has to be able to in our league uh, to break pucks out. Um, you know, his first pass. Um, he, he's, he can, he's one of those guys who can get across the line and get his shots through, and he doesn't need the big slap shot. He's got a great wrist shot. Um, his game's only going to get better. Uh, he got confidence as the year was going, and he became that dominant player, and I think obviously going into next season, he's just going to be that much better for us. We're joined by Brad Lauer, head coach, Edmonton Oil Kings. He's had stints as an NHL assistant in Ottawa, Anaheim, and in Tampa Bay with John Cooper. Uh, but I'm going to ask you about a, ju- a junior coaching tandem you had with the Regina Pats in 1985-86. This is an Edmonton-centric show. And uh, former U of A head coach Bill Moores, you knew where yeah. I was going with this. Uh, 
Bill Moores and Bill Iskowich, who uh, were rivals in the uh, late 80s, early 90s in the Canada West and university hockey. Uh, Bill Iskowich was at the University of Regina when when they were actually good and yeah. had a ton of ex-WHL players. And uh, Bill Moores and Liskowich were the two Bills were with you. Your head, they were your coaching staff in 85, 86. That was your last year of junior. What do you remember about uh, that tandem as a as a coaching staff, and did you take any of the lessons uh, from those guys moving forward in your career? Well, yeah, for sure. Coach Moore is obviously, uh, you know, was uh, I mean, one he's one of the most special coaches. When when you talk about coaches that have, have touched, uh, have have had an impact on on you as a player, I thought you know he really. One thing I learned, uh, and this is going back a long time, that. You know, he was already doing the things, uh, you know, just taking the time and, and the communicating part of the game. Um, you know, I, I didn't, you know, he brought that. Most of the coaches I always had was, the, you know, the hard, rough voice, the threats, uh, do it or else. Um, he was the type of guy that would work with you, uh, give you different ways to uh, find different solutions. Uh, the communication part of it, especially at, at the junior level, was... But he was just a, a teacher of the game um, that I remember, and, and just a, a person that I really looked up to, and and, and uh, learned so much, you know, especially my last year of junior. And then Coach uh, Liskowich, obviously, um, he was the guy that uh, you know helped me after practice and, and doing things. And not only that, he was my tutor when I was done when I was done skating. He, he had me up in his office, making sure I was getting my homework done, and and uh, being able to graduate. So both, both, both coaches were uh, have a tremendous impact on, on me as a player um, as I moved along. Did, did he ever, let's go ever do his Elvis impersonation to you? <laughs> Apparently he had quite the Elvis impersonation back in the day. He, he, he may have did it, and I just can't remember now. <laughs> but uh, Well, I, it I just, was the mid-'80s. <laughs> it was the mid-'80s, and like I said, both, both, both coaches were... In that era, um, looking back, the way they did things, uh, they were uh, they were definitely ahead of their time um, in, in the coaching department. Uh, just from the, the the coaches I've had in the past. Hey, uh, we'd be remiss without talking. Uh, you're on this. We're talking to Brad Lauer, who's went on to play over 300 games in the NHL. That team you were with uh, with the Regina Pats in the mid '80s. Yeah, you had some tough dudes on that. You had some tough guys on that team. Uh, Robert Dirk played a number of years in the NHL. He was a defenseman on that team. That was a pretty important player for you. Mark Jansen's one of the underrated lefties of all time in NHL history. Yeah. Uh, my wife grew up with uh, Brad Miller. And Greg okay. Spenrath and, uh, and Ian Gallagher. That was, uh, 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 Brendan's dad. That was the southeast part of Edmonton that I stayed away from because those guys were, uh, Brad Miller played uh, briefly in the National Hockey League as well. You were well yeah. protected out there. You, you, you got to just be a middleweight out there on that team, yeah. didn't you, Brad? <laughs> I was a lightweight compared to some of those guys. We had some, we had some, we had, back then it was tough hockey. Um, we had some. I played with some tough, tough kids. Um, you know, I had Stu Grimson. I had Lyndon Byers. I had Salmer Woodline. Um, like you said, Robert Dirk, uh, Taylor Hall. Uh, just a number. Alan. I had a number of guys that uh, that that knew how to handle their their way uh, without a hockey stick on on the ice. Um, you know, it was a different game back then. Uh, it was a lot. Uh, it was physical. It was uh, altercations were. 
were very common. Um, when one fought, everyone kind of squared off. It was one of those those type of errors where um, fighting was was encouraged. It was part of the game. It was uh, it was tough hockey back then. And you had one of the craziest guys back then too, you know, Brian Wells. Wellsy, I had uh, <laughs> Brian with me. He was our little guy, pound for pound, probably one of the toughest guys I ever played with. Um, but <laughs> very unpredictable what he would do on the ice. Uh, he took, a, I think he got suspended for life. We were playing in, in Lethbridge. He took a stick swinging against Mark Tenorti and uh, went after him. And, yep. and uh, I think he broke Mark's two fingers of Mark's hand. And uh, that was pretty much his last game in the Western High League. But he was, uh, he was one tough, tough guy. Brad, I don't mind telling you this. I'm a 66, and uh, Tenorti was down in Red Deer, and I know guys, maybe including a guy that hosts the show, that weren't that interested in dumping the puck in his corner because you weren't coming out with it, and he was going to get you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. The old cross-check in the side of the ribs and, and the forearms and the slash across the wrists. Uh, <laughs> those were all good plays back then. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, look, it's great taking a trip down memory lane with you. Uh, you know, hopefully moving forward, we get an opportunity. Obviously, we got to get through this COVID-19 pandemic. Tough situation for your, Tim, your team. It's 42 wins in back-to-back years. Uh, you guys have been, you know, right there, one of the top teams in the WHL, and the future looks bright moving forward. So we'll touch base down the, load, down the road. Okay, Brad? Thanks for having me. You bet. 1.50 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Gotta tell you, I miss seeing Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It's 153 at Edmonton. Uh, it was just his birthday. So he'd be a 93. So he's 27 now. Wow. I'm getting old. Uh, what a great guy tell you that right now royal pizza pizza pasta and so much more edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years for a menu and a list of their 13 edmonton and area locations go online at royalpizza.ca or download the royal pizza app from the app store the stoffer recommendation is the mediterranean chicken for royal pizza which is open for delivery and pickup we go to this day in oilers history and here is Mr. Escott. Back in 1987, Mark Messier pops off for a goal and three helpers as the Oilers defeat LA 5-4 in Game 5 to win that series 3-2 and eliminate the Kings from the playoffs. Glenn Anderson scored the game-winning goal about halfway through the third at Northlands. Yeah, the Oilers uh, lit up the LA Kings. I uh, forget which game it was. I think it was... Uh, um, it may have been game number two. Uh, just let him up. Uh, won the best of seven, uh, four games to one in 1987. Followed up with a sweep of the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Then beat the Detroit Red Wings in five games as well. So at that point, the Oilers were 12 and two in the playoffs before they played the playoff, the, the Flyers in 87. Uh, the Flyers were a better team in 87 than they were in 1985. Uh, the Oilers had Philly down three games to one. We're up 3-1 in game five. 
at uh, Northland's Coliseum. Marty McSorley had two goals in game five. It looked like the Oilers were going to celebrate the cup, and lo and behold, Philly came back 1-4-3. They then won game six, uh, got, I think the penalties and power plays were like 10-2 for Philadelphia in game six of the series before the Oilers came back in game seven. And there were a lot of people out there that thought Edmonton was going to lose that series in 1987, Stanley Cup final, but Edmonton won 3-1 and dominated. The, uh, basically, Philly scored first early in the game, on a power play, and then Edmonton just took the game over and won 3-1 on route to Stanley Cup Championship number three, whereupon Wayne Gretzky handed the trophy to Steve Smith. All right, uh, here's what we got shaking uh, moving forward for you at 155 in Edmonton. Uh, Reid Wilkins tonight, again, inside sports during the COVID-19 pandemic uh, is now slotted 7 to 8 as each night they give you global news hour here on 6.30. Chad starts at 6 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back. Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. Uh, this segment is uh, getting a, a lot of downloads on our... How do people access the show again, by the way, Mr. Escott? How do they do that? I, I Honestly, I think we've got the podcasting issue figured out. So wherever you get your streaming audio, you should find us now. Brian Lawton, David Staples, John Shannon coming up on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Again, ongoing COVID-19 pandemic coverage with global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and then Jalen Nye with 6.30 Chet Afternoons. Uh, we'll have lots more coming up on the pandemic. So long, everybody, and I'll join you tomorrow. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.